Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Here we are, episode 86, how to actually let love in. And before we hit record, we Kate eloquently said, lots of women think they are open to love, but <laughs> turns out they are not. And so we are giving you a little nudge with the actually let love in because we know many of you are walking around like you're so freaking ready and you want your partner now. And chances are you've got some blocks and some walls around your heart. And of course, what we are desiring, if you're wanting a partner, is to open to the right one to be cherished and adored and respected and seen and understood. And all of that happens around your relationship to receiving and your relationship to receiving is rooted in whether or not you are connected to your worth. So I have shared countless times about my story of my ex who set a timer for how long we were allowed to cuddle. And the one who said that seeing me once every three months was good enough. So if you have not already listened to our epic episode on how to stop accepting breadcrumbs, we did that episode first to set you up for this one, because the first place of how to actually let love in is to, no one thinks of it this way, but the first way to let love in is create a container for it. So you have to get really good at starting to say no. Yes. You have to start saying no to the people who can't love you, to the people who say they don't want a relationship, to the people that you don't feel like yourself around. And this is nothing to do now with only romantic partnership. This is in your friend circles. This is with the job that you hate or the place where you live, like how to actually let love in starts with saying no, because your no will lead you to your yes. The dream relationship you want starts with saying no to the one that is not aligned for you. And the reason women struggle with letting love in is because you're freaking hanging on for dear life to the person who clearly can't offer you what you want or who's offering you breadcrumbs. Yeah. And that, that's just the protection, right? And your protection is your saboteur developed when you were a child, right? When you're, when you were a child and you had to learn how to contort yourself and how to behave in a certain way in order to feel love, in order to feel fit in, in order to feel safe, that's when your protective mechanisms showed up and your protective mechanisms are designed to not let love in. They're designed to have you feeling isolated, to have you feeling like you have to control everything, to have you feeling that love only you're only lovable if you're doing things for other people or if you look a certain way or if you behave a certain way and that you have to contort yourself mm -hmm. and squish yourself and 
sacrifice yourself and settle yourself in order and settle in your life in order to be lovable, in order to be loved, which means your self-worth is hooked into love. And so if your protective mechanisms are running the show in your relationships, which most women's are, if your protective mechanisms are in charge, AKA your saboteur and your inner child, you can, you won't fully let love in. Even if it's right in front of you, staring at you at, in the face. I remember having this boyfriend. Oh, I talked about him two episodes in a row. Hmm, he's circling in my field right now. I have this boyfriend um, in Australia who I loved and adored in my early twenties. And I remember he was the first boyfriend I had where I was like, whoa, this guy's like, okay, I'm going to say obsessed, even though we just did an episode about how obsession's bad. I was in fantasy love. I was in my 20s. But I, I remember thinking he loves and adores me. He cherishes me. He would do anything for me. He's just, I felt so special, which is, you know, with the ego saboteur is always chasing specialness. I felt so special in that relationship and so chosen. And I remember this moment in time where I was like, still doesn't feel like enough. No matter how much love I'm getting, it still doesn't feel like enough. It's like this bottomless pit where I'm like eating the food and then it's falling out the bottom. And I have, a t oh, I, now I'm using two metaphors. I was going to say a tapeworm or a bottomless pit, like where the food's not actually staying. And I keep mm -hmm. trying to nourish myself with his love and it never feels like enough. The reason it never felt like enough was because I couldn't actually let love in because I didn't feel any love for myself because I, my whole entire life was designed to abandon me at all costs to be everything to everybody else. And so even though I had a man finally show up and fucking love me hard, it wasn't the first one, but like it, he, he was so beautiful and he had an accent and he had sparkly blue eyes. Like he was such a loving human. And, and I had this love in front of me and I just, I knew like, shit, I can't even let this in. And it's so good. So whether you're in the toxic dynamic or you're, and that's what you're tolerating, or you're like, you're standing in front of a beautiful human. If you don't have a relationship to yourself and you haven't done the deeper work that we talk about on every episode episode, but you haven't learned how to anchor into your self-worth that's always there. And your self-worth is hooked into what the other person does and doesn't do, what they say and don't say, what they what their behaviors are. If your self-worth is hooked into another person, whether or not you're in a relationship, you're never going to be able to fully let love in because your whole entire inner world is determined by the external. Yes. Oh my God. I love that you brought that in because the bottomless pit of never enough, like it's the whole of your own soul that no one else can fill. Like only your love for yourself can fill that and bring you back online. And if you're not connected to yourself, if you don't know your worth, and if you don't believe you're enough, someone loving you, you'll think that person's weird and crazy. <laughs> like it won't, it won't it, land. It, it won't, like I, like I was devastated. I was in it. I didn't break up with him, but like I, I was in it still, but I was like, why can't I feel it? Like I couldn't, yeah. it couldn't even go in. Right. Right. And many, many people I have, I mean, at least I have clients who are like, the, usually what's happening is I'm, they're not giving themselves love on a daily basis. So then when there is an available person, right, that's the, oh, I'm bored or there's, I'm, I'm nitpicking that something's wrong with them. And it's actually a safe and secure and available person in front of them. And so really the secret to how to actually let love in is doing the thing that most people don't want to do, which is be vulnerable. Mm. You have to be your authentic self in order to be loved. Otherwise it's not love. 
if someone's la- loving your saboteur or someone's loving the image you've created of yourself, yes. you're definitely not going to feel that love. And every, I've said this like 15 times already to, to clients in the past few weeks, like everyone doesn't want to be rejected. Like no one wants someone to say, I'm not interested in you. Like imagine how different dating would be one, if we actually treated each other like human beings, right. We could just start there. Right. And then actually recognize, wow, this person's probably just as insecure as me, just as interested in not being rejected as me. So to actually approach from that sameness rather than what most people do around their self-worth is better than or less than you either Mm -hmm. have the woman who has a shame identity, who always thinks that she's less than someone else, or the woman who thinks she's better than, which is a grandiose idea, which is still actually not rooted in self-worth. Self-esteem is I am neither better than or less than anyone else. And that sameness is actually so essential in order to have a healthy relationship. If you think you're less than your partner, that's the person who usually ends up with a narcissist. If you think you're better than that's the person where nobody's ever good enough for you, which is your defense against love, because Mm -hmm. nothing is scarier than actually being loved. Cause then you have to drop all the stories about not being good enough. You don't get to hang on to your stories of insecurity or lack of self-worth or not being good enough when real, healthy, available partnership is possible for you. And so it has to be the law of no negative surprises. You have to be yourself out of the gate. Not later, not three months down the road. If you're the person who ends up in three month relationships that keep ending, guess what? It's probably because you're not being authentic and truthful in the beginning and someone's falling for an idealized image or you're projecting an image onto them and they're not being honest either. So really at the end of the day, there's no, there's no secret. Uh, Like the be yourself I get is like just the fucking most annoying thing in the world to like hear around dating advice. And it's really hard to be yourself if you don't know who you are or you have a million protective mechanisms or defenses up because you haven't done any work. But the people that open to love are the people that are willing to take the risk, period. Right. And how do you know someone's relationship ready? They're taking that risk too. Like the people that are sending messages that are engaging with you, that are asking you out. That's a risk for that person. No one appreciates that anymore. Everyone's so fucking entitled. I can't even like stand it. Like that's what's happened to too much personal development, like too much personal development and not enough relational development. Like same, remember, neither better than or less than who you are is enough. And that person is too. treat yourself and them with respect and watch how your dating life changes and you actually let love in when you let yourself be seen for who you actually are rather than who you think you should be. Yes. Yes. And that's why knowing your saboteur so intimately giving her a name so that it's not, you're not like Regina. Okay. There's my pattern. I know when it's Jeannie or Regina, like she's got multiple personality disorder, but I know when it's her because I'm in agony and I'm in the other person's world, or I'm trying to contort myself in some way or I'm judging myself in some way when I, when I'm at discord with myself, that's how I know that my saboteur is there. And it doesn't mean that like when I'm in alignment with myself, it doesn't mean I'm not going to feel pain or fear or vulnerability, but like that's being vulnerable. I love that you brought that in. That is absolutely how you let love in with everyone in your life. I am so shocked at how many I'm well, okay. I'm going to say I'm shocked and not shocked. Um, 
and how many women I work with who can't even be vulnerable with their best friends. Like they can't even share their hearts or their truth. They're so busy in, in their saboteur, in self-sacrifice or in, in control, or I can do it on my own or in isolator. Nobody, I don't want to be a burden to anyone else. So they're not actually sharing how they feel and what's going on in their lives. Like practice vulnerability. That is the, that is the gateway to the heart. Vulnerability is a freaking gateway. It's like being real with what you're feeling and what's happening for you right now and being will not from a story drama perspective, because that's also saboteur, but learning how to actually, as is what you're feeling right now, you're on a date and you feel nervous, tell them like, Hey, you know, it's so nice to meet you. I feel a little nervous right now. And just like, let it out. I used to do that when I got on stage because I, I took me a while to get overcome the fear of public speaking. So I had to speak to, I'm a little nervous right now, but excited to be here. And every time I'd say it, it, it made the nerves go away. So allow yourself to just as is, you don't want, like when you actually think about it, if someone's falling in love with your protective mechanisms and who you're pretending to be on a date, well then of course you're not (laughs) going to feel that. Of course, that's going to feel shitty later when they get upset that you start having feelings. For example, on The Bachelor last night, um, they like this guy, for those of you who watched The Bachelor, this guy, Greg, I mean, I don't know what I believe. There's a lot of stories around what happened, but on the show, The Bachelor, this guy um, who he seemed to be the one she liked the most based on analyzing and assessing the show. And he told her how he felt about something. And then she didn't receive it in a way that he wanted her to. And then he bolted and he left the show and he he, there's some skepticism that he was not there for the right reasons, but regardless, he bolted when she showed up in a way that didn't feel good to him. That's not having your heart open. Having your heart open is like, Hey, I feel a lot of pain and discomfort right now. I feel, but actually being willing to go into it with your partner, being willing to go into it with your friends, being willing to share, but Mm -hmm. from owning your side of the street and what's going on for you. So I say all of that. If you haven't done the deeper work on yourself and you don't know yourself intimately, doing this is not easy. Like you've got to get to know yourself intimately in order in order to be able to do relationships intimately. In order to be able to let love in, you have to know yourself. And feel worthy and enough of it and yes. to actually get that when you don't get the response that you want, that's a sign of your own, of emotional maturity, right. To be able to breathe. Like when I think of this, the fantasy of partnership right now, like the new conscious partnership fairy tale is like, we always agree. We always get along. We're always on the same page. We always want to have sex at the same time. Like we, we live in a world that doesn't allow for any nuance And that's why I keep coming back to like the difference between personal development and relational development and what the gift of dating actually offers. Like if you are willing to see it as they're all practice partners, every single person you go on a date with is a practice partner. Your friends are practice partner. And I probably have said this before, but I love that you just brought in about being, you know, with vulnerable with your friends that we have this, like talk about fantasy, like, oh, I suck. I've never had a romantic relationship or I suck at romantic relationship, but if I just find the right one, then I'll magically have the skills to set boundaries and communicate effectively and deal with triggers. Like that's insane. That is insane. That that's what we expect of ourselves. And when you let love in, it's not like now you're all set. 
like seven years into a relationship, my practice is still letting love in being available for who my husband is today. Not who I think he should be or some other bullshit photo that needs to be put on Facebook to talk about how great a relationship is like being present. So one, one of the practices I'm thinking of and how to actually let love in is learn how to be present. And that's a body-based practice, right? You don't get present by just thinking I am present. You get present by learning how to feel your feet on the ground, how to take deep breaths, how to actually manage your fear. Cause the fear is going to be there, but there's a difference between that taking over and then leading you to behave like the saboteur or your inner child, or just in really just period dysfunctional ways <laughs> rather than actually present availability and partnered with that which could be a whole podcast in and of itself is perfectionism. I have never, I mean, you and I have both been coaching for 10 years. I have never seen it like this before. Thanks Mm -hmm. to social media, like Mm -hmm. the, the image of Seth, I have to look perfect. I have to be perfect. I have to show up perfectly. And I, I can't even, I mean, the, the, my clients who have found their person, the way that they are loved, it's so healing for me every time I listen, because my clients are being vulnerable and authentic and they talk about being cherished in those places. But, and even my, I think my best friend, her husband, I'll never forget. He, she, he actually said to all of us on their, at the rehearsal dinner, he's like, I fell in love with her the first day I saw her cry with one of her best friends. Like we tell ourselves, this per- no one wants perfect. <laughs> no one actually wants perfect. Oh, and but men, we're all parading a run. No, and men especially don't. Like they're the ones. Women are like, I mean, back in the '90s and 2000s, it used to be makeup. <laughs> now it's filters and fillers and whatever. But it's like we we are constantly hiding and trying to like look more perfect for the guy. But men, good men, good solid men, always want a woman without makeup on or like a natural beauty when when she can actually just own who she is fully. She is. Good men. When I did that filter, if you watch my Instagram. I did a, I did a video, half of it was with a filter on my face and half without and showing the damage of, of, of us, you know, being out there leading with these crazy filters on that change our faces. And I had so many men respond to that video and say, you're so much more beautiful without the filler. You seemed like you were like a dead person with the filter on. Meanwhile, women think it's so beautiful. These filters that make us that, that wipe away all our imperfections, which are actually the thing that make us unique and special and beautiful. It's so fucked up. It's so dysfunctional out there. It's so, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. Um, but the truth is like, I love that you just said that the, a good solid man who's like ready for partnership will love you in your worst times coming back to that Australian boyfriend. He's like making, I have so many stories about him right now. I don't know why he's really in my field, but he, he told me he was in love with me when I was, I I had a severe concussion. I fell off a horse. I was 23 at the time, fell off a horse. We were horse riding. I got horse got spooked. I got scared. Apparently I tried to jump off. I still don't remember. I had temporary amnesia and I had a severe concussion. I was unconscious for a couple minutes and I was so, I, I was so messed up. We went to the hospital. They said we couldn't drive for like five days. We had to anchor down at, at his farm. So we stayed at the farm for five days and I was projectile vomiting. Like I was the sickest I'd ever been in my life from this concussion, like exorcism. Like this is like scary stuff. And I was green and he was oh like, my Oh my God, I'm so in love with you. And I was like, what? 
I was mortified, but I was so sick. I couldn't stop. And he said, I've never, he's like, I used to be grossed out. He was really young, but he was like, I used to be grossed out by this, you know, women like burping or anything that wasn't girly or whatever. And, um, and he said, I'm so in love with you in this moment. And it's like, that's a good man will love you in your most vulnerable state. So Uh, and an aligned, I don't even say good, man, good, bad, whatever. It, an aligned, healthy partner will love mm-hmm. you when you're crying, when you're a mess, when you're, they will love you and cherish you through mm-hmm. all of it. They will love you in your sparkle and your expansion, not just when you're crying. Cause then, you know, that could be a whole nother, whole nother protective yeah. strategy. Episode. But <laughs> that's <a whole> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He only likes you when you're crying on the floor. Like that's also a red flag. So it's like, <laughs> but he'll love you in the range. Cause what is the feminine? The feminine is fucking range. It's be, it's like the weather. It's like, you know, in one moment is gorgeous, like right now in Vancouver, sunny skies and bright, beautiful colors. And then, and other moments it's like crazy windstorms and hailing and thunder and lightning. And that's the range. That's a, that's who we are. But most women are living a fraction of who they are because they're so afraid they're not going to be loved in all of who they are. Because when we were little, we weren't, we got told who to be. We got told to shut down and hide away our vulnerability and our, our sadness and our anger. And all these parts of us got locked away And yet love is an opportunity. And I don't mean just romantic love, like love, love between me and you, every single love relate, loving relationship Mm -hmm. you have in your life is an opportunity to become and expand and reclaim all of those parts of you that you've disowned in your life because of what happened when you were little, this is, this is an opportunity. So use love with all, all of the humans in your life as a catalyst for you to awaken more parts of you and accept more parts of you. And the more you accept Mm -hmm. all the range of who you are, the more, and you claim it and you stand in it, the more you'll attract people who accept all of who you are. Right. Right. And I, it's so important that we name the importance of friendships right now, because I, I mean, I thinking about our epic episode about self-love, you don't arrive at feeling worthy and enough only by telling yourself that every single day, you know, like where, where I've, when I reflect on my journey and kind of where I've been watching clients. And as I think about dating right now, the behavior is the message, right? And so can feel for a moment, I don't feel enough and I don't feel worthy. So I show the world a fake version of me. Yeah. What are the chances of you feeling enough? If that's how you're doing, like, what are the chances of you finding love? Very freaking slim, but maybe you don't, someone rejects you. Maybe somebody doesn't want to go out with you again when you're vulnerable. It's up to you to say, oh, okay, that that's on them. I don't have to now tell myself a story that I'm not enough because it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. But then when you have a friend and you ask for help or you lean in or you share more parts of you with your friends and they respond, because this is, this is like at the level of the brain and nervous system, this changes us when they respond with kindness and compassion and support, that is how you actually let love in. So when you're dating, somebody doesn't love you just because they fucking say it. They love you when their behavior sends that message. They love you when they respect your boundaries. So if you want to know if someone's available to you, watch what happens when you set boundaries, watch what happens when you tell the truth. Like now we're really in out of the gate being vulnerable. And that is your path being able to tolerate 
when you feel insecure, because guess what? That's on you to manage. You have to manage your own insecurity. You have to manage your own feelings, right? Yes. The feminine is the range, but I'm sure you would agree with this. We have to learn how to hold ourselves. Yes. Right. We have to be able to hold ourselves ourselves. first because I think we need you and I need to do an episode on riffing about this fucking masculine feminine polarity shit that's everywhere right now. But this, there's kind of this abdication of responsibility. Like I'm just in my feminine range. I'm in my feelings without any awareness about of the other person. And so let it, you know, how to actually let love in starts with you knowing that you're enough and then behaving in alignment with that. You being willing to take the risks on dating and actually watching how somebody else behaves because someone just saying, I love you. doesn't mean it like, okay, but how you'll feel it is when their behavior and their words align and how you cultivate nothing builds your self-esteem faster than taking actions in alignment with who you truly are, right? Nothing builds your self-worth and self-esteem faster than keeping promises to yourself. Right. And you let love in when you let people see you and nobody wants to do that. And we wonder why dating culture sucks because no one's being real. And I'm so glad that you said that about the feelings because it's not your saboteur feelings and your inner child. It's not like you, you attacking your partner and a a healthy partner is just going to hold space while you do that. No radical ownership, radical responsibility, which is the the thread of this whole podcast is you have to own everything you feel and you have to know that's why again, self-intimacy, you have to know yourself intimately before you can actually have an real true intimate relationship with someone else. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I, I, I want to, I want to leave you with a practice, not to say we're over. I mean, you might have more to say, but (laughs) I want to leave you with a practice of noticing, like just starting to pay attention somatically to your heart area and like noticing, because what happens is somatically, we actually do like when, when Carol Friesen, my old somatic um, psychology teacher would, would read a body. She would, could tell if someone had major protection around their heart, we curve our shoulders forward, we, our heart becomes caved in, or there's a cave behind the, the upper back where they didn't get enough pats on the back. So like our soma actually forms in ways to protect us. And so start to pay attention in the moments where you are activated, notice your body, bring your attention out of the story in your mind that's activating you. And the story about this other person come back into your body. Wait, how's my heart? Feel your heart, feel your shoulders, open your heart, bring some breath into that area. Feel your feet on the ground too. So you can feel rooted, but like, how can I open my heart right now? Even though I want to close, even though my partner is saying they no longer want to be with me, or this, this man is saying, you know, thank you for the date, but I'm started to date someone else when my heart wants to fucking close and I want to run or I want to attack myself or I want to attack the other person. That's all your, this is all behaviors of your heart closing. How can you open your heart in that moment? Even an open heart doesn't mean not having boundaries, not speaking your truth, but how can I soften and open my heart in this moment and receive what's happening, feel all my feelings, own my feelings, and then, you know, speak my truth. But like with an open heart, like we can, in the middle of a messy breakup or divorce or in the middle of a, um, you know, date that doesn't go well, you can still open your heart. You can still keep, and the practice of doing that, like, and it might be even easier for you to practice in friendships first, but notice those moments. Like you and I have moments where something happens and we just, 
we right away, we anchor in, open our hearts and we talk about it. We communicate communication. I mean, gosh, we should do an episode soon on communication. It is absolutely the like number one key to all relationships is knowing how to communicate from your truth, from your center. And that's why our friendship is so loving and deep because we have something that comes up that activates a pain that was already there. Our pain, like our, our relationships don't put pain on us. The pain's already there. The limiting beliefs are already there about ourselves. But when something gets activated, being able to feel all your feelings, own it, keep your heart open and then communicate with the other person. And when someone is a healthy, loving partner or friend, they'll be able to hear you. And when you're not mm-hmm. attacking them or blaming them, but just sharing your experience, you'll be able to hear each other and work through things like that is healthy relationships. One-on-one. Right. Right. And the, the I love the body-based awareness and the reminders over and over again, if it's a practice, I mean, you and I were just talking about our phone addiction, you know, earlier, like, you know, how to actually let love in. You have to learn how to actually live from your heart rather than your head. Yes. And we have a whole culture obsessing over logic, intellect, mental connection, right? Like you are not connected through Facebook. Like you're not connected on Instagram. I know it seems like it. Mm -hmm. And no matter how vulnerable someone is on social media, you don't know them unless you're right in their world, sitting across the table from them and connecting with them. And, And Kate and I share as much of our lives and our stories as we possibly can with you and that, and know that we're living these practices, right? Like it's, it's not, I also love that you referenced that about us because it's not always easy for me. No. Right. And I think we have this back to the kind of perfectionism. We also have a perfectionistic idea about who we're supposed to be even after work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like I still feel discomfort or some fear when I go to have a difficult conversation with my husband, I do still feel that with you, but the practice and the love for self is the ability to tolerate that. Yeah. Right. And that's what for me, consciousness is that's like the healthy development of a self capital S authentic self and what parents are ideally doing with children. It's not protecting them from everything in life. It's like recognizing you're not always going to get what you want. Life isn't fair. Sometimes people, people behave like shitty assholes, but you don't have to, right. You don't have to. And so the main, like how to actually let love in is practicing this practicing being in your body. And when you are flooded with feeling your rational mind turns off, right? So want to know why there are fights in relationship because people don't know how to self-regulate, right? The things that you say, right? Your rational mind is off. And so I'm thinking too, you, you and I, we always come back to this about rituals before dates, right? Like a a one way to practice actually letting love in before you go on a date, you just spending all day running from one thing to the next. And then you run to a date and then expect to open your heart. Mm -hmm. Like that's one way we're so hard on ourselves. I guess there's another thing how to actually let love in. Stop being so hard on yourself, Mm. right? Women are so hard on themselves. You know, guess what? No, but you, no matter what you see on Facebook, even the best relationships, stumble and fall and argue and figure things out. We're all human beings first, but consciousness becomes, I have tools and practices. I develop my self-awareness. I develop my relationship with myself so that I actually can navigate life way more effectively and with way less fear and from 
your heroin from, you know, mine's not sexy, the functional adult. So <laughs> heroin, heroin's way sexier, but essentially the same thing. And this, you know, real anchoring of what it takes to live from the truth of who you are, right? You don't let love in when you don't believe you're worthy, right? It will be very scary and very hard when you're more committed to protecting yourself than you are to being open. Yes. And that's your choice, right? You really make that choice. What am I committed to? Am I committed to living with an open heart and accepting all that that means? Or I'm committed to my... I'm committed to protecting myself. I'm committed to my defenses and someone, you know, emotional availability is someone who's willing to let their guard down, right? Emotional availability doesn't mean they always get it right. And they always communicate perfectly. And they're a spiritual God. Emotional availability is I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to let you see me. I'm willing to be messy. I'm willing to put myself out there, right? Which is all vulnerability. So I yep. love that. And the body-based practice, because really recognize that you don't have access to your rational, logical, and even your capacity to communicate when you're triggered or when you're swept by a big feeling. And that's why self-regulation is so important. Yes. And so knowing how to, how to be with your body and how to feel the the subtleties of when I'm in collapse and when I'm in, like when I'm posturing, when I'm in my center, when my heart is open and do some practices, like even with breath and bringing breath into your heart before you go on your dates. And then when you're on the date, like notice, when do you close your heart? Dating is a practice to get to know yourself. Oh, I close my heart because my mind is telling me this person's not right for me. I close my heart because my mind didn't like something they said. I close my heart. So how can you breathe, feel your feet, feel your own body and open your heart again? And just be in connection without the story of the attachment to the result of where this is supposed to go. So it's a, it, I mean, obviously this is a very, very multi-layered. I feel like we're going to have 10 offshoot episodes <laughs> from this episode. Um, but it's, it's a really multi-layered thing to, to practice opening your heart. But the truth is most women's hearts are closed and their minds, AKA saboteur and inner child, they're kind of go hand in hand are leading the way the protective mechanisms are leading the way in dating and relationships and their hearts are actually closed so i mean yeah. even the practice of yoga is such a beautiful heart opener because so many of the exercises are intended to open your heart so yeah, yeah. And it's always so funny to me we say we want love but none of us live in our hearts yeah exactly. it's like what kind of what kind of love that. are you going to create when you're always living and in your love head? <laughs> and so, and the truth is right. You are enough and you are worthy and you are amazing. And the fastest way to embodying that truth is acting like it. Yes. You know, the path to, to aligned love is through radical self-respect, right? Yeah. Behaving like someone who knows they deserve to be treated well, behaving like someone who can walk away. Want to know the secret to the worthy woman is she's able to walk away. Right. If you're not able to walk away, you won't be able to choose to stay. Right. Because otherwise it's just all fear. And there is a path to opening to love, to aligning for love and ending the drama and the despair and the endless disappointment. And most of the time, everyone is focused on what they're doing and not enough focus on who they are 
being. So I am so excited to present to you the worthy woman's way, how to attract the soul love you desire. This is for the woman who is ready to become available for love, to get deeply rooted in her intuition, to take radical responsibility for how she's showing up in dating and to really open her own heart to knowing that she is enough and that she is worthy, whether or not she has a partner, because guess what, my friends, if you think that you are only worthy and lovable when you have a partner, the search will be endless. And I promise you that is contributing to the emotional roller coaster. And I've been working with women for 10 years and I see the same things over and over and over again. And I really want you to help. I want to help you stop second guessing and to become ready for love, aligned for love and get connected to your worth. So this workshop will be 90 minutes long. And it is on Monday, August 30th, and it is $88. So it will be a paid workshop because you are not just going to sit back and receive a teaching. This will be a transmission and an experience. I've created something so amazing for you. Normally the way, what I'm about to offer in this workshop is what I offer in my paid group programs or with my one-on-one clients. And so I'm so excited to open the doors to this workshop. You can sign up with me in the link below and join me. I'll see you there. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.